0: Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now,
3: he
2: is Armstrong and Getty.
1: Live
4: from Studio C. CZOR. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, air buddy. Today, we are under the tutelage of our general
3: manager. I'm going to go with government dependence. Wow. For, for reasons I will explain in a bit, I just came across a set of statistics that blew my mind. But the number of people on the dole, how it's increased even as unemployment has plunged. Remember,
4: stats show that three-quarters of statistics are exaggerated. Wow. it's a good point. Hard to believe. Welcome to the day. How y'all doing? Huh? Lots of news. Always lots of news. Lots of uh, earth-shattering news. Here's Big Finish. Come on now. Bring it home. Stop. Stop shattering the earth. I'm looking up at the television. Uh, I see Donald Trump. He's in handcuffs being led into a police car. Oh, wow, leg shackles. That seems like more than you need. I don't know why they had to put him in leg shackles. But
3: now he's fallen to the ground. He's twisting about. He's escaped his shackles. He's he's lost his head. Oh, look. Oh, no. Oh, no. So much
4: violence. Oh, geez. So uh, everybody seems to think he's not going to be arrested today.
3: Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the word.
4: That could be. Just to distract us all so they can get him in there, do the paperwork stuff, mugshot, and get him out of there because they're really trying to figure out how to get him in and out without the chance for protests to gather.
3: Well, yeah, that's the uh, Alvin Bragg uh, side of things. How about the Trump side of things? He has no interest in that. So if he was going to get arrested today, he'd be telling everybody.
4: I wonder how much heads up would they give him? They have to give the Secret Service a fair amount of heads up, right? Because that's the weird thing that... You uh, I mean you can talk all you want about everybody gets treated the same, but most of us don't have Secret Service coverage. No, no,
3: and Trump has serious Secret Service coverage. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I don't, I can't even imagine how that would unfold. Mm. So there there does seem to be a fair well, amount, and, of ch- and it's probably worth mentioning. Neither can anybody else because this has never happened
4: before, right? There's a fair amount of chatter over whether or not he'll be in handcuffs with some people saying, hey, absolutely, he'll be in handcuffs. I mean, because he's going to get treated the same way anybody else treats gets treated. And everybody gets put in handcuffs. It's, just, it's to protect people as they move you from uh, this room down to there to the courtroom. You can't just have people walk in the halls who are criminals.
3: Um, because they convince the deputies they can be trusted. Right. So he's got to be treated like everyone is treated who is charged with a bizarre combination of Business misreporting and campaign finance mishaps and the rest of this crap, which is, again, never happened before. Right.
4: So anyway, it doesn't look like the arrest is going to go down today, but obviously, if anything does, we will update you on that whole thing. And uh, she is in day two of being in Russia for his three day visit with two of the evilest people and most powerful people on Earth getting together and trying to come up with some sort of super evil. So we got more on
3: that later also yeah yeah i'm half surprised she went to russia because the nature of this meeting is clearly putin crawling up to she and begging for help she has much more to offer putin than vice versa putin doesn't have zero a lot of energy Uh, russia buys a lot of russian energy but uh, putin is clearly uh, the one who really needs something
4: it's wild to watch them sit there and go through the the charade of this whole thing and act like it's real and have these conversations about the peace talks. And I have presented to President Putin a 20 point plan for bringing peace about, as we all know, peace only comes about when there are negotiations. And and then Putin saying, I've carefully read the peace plan and I'm negotiating, I'm talking it over with my advisors. And I appreciate I mean, it's all just 100 percent crap. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just all phony. And who is that for?
3: Is it for their own people? Uh, to a large extent, yeah. Yeah. And just that weird, plausible deniability that enables, like, your, uh, your, your third-worldy nations to say, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm continuing to be in bed with China. Look, they could, they supported a peace plan. They're good folks. What? No, they're not. Yeah, they are. I think they are. It's just why that
4: works, I don't know, but it works. And uh, and Putin's saying things, uh, ridiculous things like, uh, we want this, uh, whatever he calls it, police action or whatever he's calling it, to be over more than anyone. We were attacked and uh, we, we hate the fact that this is going on and would love the opportunity and just... Oh my god, it's grotesque.
3: Yeah, it's shameless. And
4: then the the prime minister of Japan, they have a prime minister went to Ukraine yesterday to meet with Zelensky and that was the first time he'd visited, but that was timing of that's not accidental. Let's say, uh, "Hey, you got friends too." Right. Right. Yeah. What well, a deal, man.
3: What a deal. <laughs> No, you want give us a brief version of why, what did you say? Government something or other is our well, gentleman? Well, I, as, I, as I explained, I, I came across a set of statistics about how welfare and Medicaid rolls have grown, even as unemployment has shrunk historically, and how the government is playing games with uh, what is reported and what is not as income, as subsidies, whatever. Um, and the net result being millions more Americans are now dependent on the government For their daily bread and happy to be because they don't necessarily have to work and and such, but it's part of the great insidious uh, conspiracy. And I realize that that uh, term is fraught these days, but it, it, it truly is among the left politically to get as many people dependent on the government as possible, because if you are giving people their daily bread, they will vote for you every single time. They have to. You cannot be independent if you're dependent
4: We had the socialism conversation uh, at my house the other day, did with my 11-year-old, and it went pretty much exactly the way it did when I asked my dad about it when I was roughly his age. And I remember asking my dad, why don't we just, you know, divide everything up equally? And he said, well, then nobody would try because if everybody got the same amount, whether you tried hard or not, people wouldn't try. And I thought, oh, okay. And I've never thought about that it since. makes sense. perfect sense, <laughs> Papa. And I, and I never thought about it again. I mean, I never questioned that ever again from age, whatever that was on. And I had the yeah. same conversation. My son asked basically the same question the other day. We were watching TV and the topic of communism came up and everything like that. And he wondered what it was. Like. And I explained it. And, and I could tell with him, it just said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I saw, so I don't, why does it work on some of you like 40 year old intellectuals? I don't, I don't get it.
3: Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So, speaking of parenting, let me share this with you. Um, I was uh, I was getting ready to to head out into the chill today before the show, and uh, I, I have a hoodie, hoodie on. And I was putting it on under my jacket, and because of the nature of the, uh, the the fabrics involved, I had to hold on to the sleeve of my hoodie as I slipped it inside the jacket. We sure. all remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. And and otherwise not it a rides
4: guy. up on your arm and gets all bunched up. Hate that.
3: You know, I am not a guy who believes in all sorts of mystical stuff. I'm a realist. I'm a pretty hardcore realist. But I flashed in my memory to my mom teaching me how to do that. Oh, wow. As a little kid. Wow. And I remember thinking as a kid, wow, that works great. And then it dawned on me, today is the two-year anniversary of my mom passing away. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly what to make of it, other than to remember my mom with love. But no, yeah, no, that was kind of a moment. <laughs> not a coincidence. But what? Yeah.
4: I don't. Think, I don't know. I don't think your brain's keeping track of a date. No.
3: Well, my dad mentioned it last week. Um. But no, it was quite specific. Pulling on my sleeves and remembering my mommy.
4: Wow. And, uh,
3: yeah, I know. Isn't that something? Wow!
4: Yeah, well, I believe in that sort of stuff, so it's not doesn't you know doesn't
3: freak I me had, out anyway. I had a long talk with a buddy of mine about this the other day about how the energy that is the human soul, and it undeniably is, uh, it has to go somewhere. If you believe that no energy can be created or, nor removed, as physics teaches us, can just be changed. You know, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If you know, drop us an email. Here come 500 emails. (laughs) If you know what
4: happens after we pass away, send us an email.
3: Wow, that's your all-time best. That was wry, folks. That was a joke. Well, no, feel free. If if it makes you happy to share your thoughts, go ahead. I can't promise I'll read all of them. Well, a close friend of
4: mine has been dealing with uh, their father passing away, died last week and had been out of town uh, dealing with that whole thing and going through the... And I haven't... You know, I'm not looking forward to ever doing this. My mom and dad are listening right now, so it's probably not a comfortable conversation for them either. But Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, like they are, you know, the siblings dealing with all while you're upset about your parent dying, you're dealing with the whole uh, yeah, taxes, and you know, logistics, funeral home, all this different sort of stuff. and enough you know, to make you want to die right? yeah yeah it's really something but anyway got onto that kind of conversation or whatever and i personally 100 believe there's something afterwards like i don't have the slightest doubt whatsoever i'm the opposite of christopher hitchens who claimed he was 100 convinced that when it's over it's over there's nothing else and uh like no doubt was not going to have the least i am 100 the other direction as I always say, I'll be shocked if I'm wrong, <laughs> which is, you know, a joke, but uh, like, I don't know why, but I just have zero mm. doubt. There's, there's something, you know, something else happening.
3: Yeah. Well, I wish I knew. Well, everybody But I'm, I'm also content, content to wonder. It doesn't bother me that I don't know for whatever reason. There's probably a reason we're not uh, privy to that information.
4: It's a good point. Yeah. Need to know basis. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Need to know basis. Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Tuesday, March 21st, first day of spring. Welcome to spring, everybody. The year 2023. We are Armstrong and Getty. And we approve of this
3: program. No, it's not. More on that later. All right. Let's begin according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. At Mark, Joe Biden has put a kick me sign on Uncle Sam's back. When America
4: recedes from the world, it creates a void of leadership.
3: Joe Biden has put a kick me sign on uncle sam's back do we need that sort of clever rhetoric is anybody asking for that
4: seems to well it got played on this here radio show um (laughs) it seems to get you more traction than than not all right put a kick me sign (laughs) on uncle sam's back that's awesome uh how does mailbag look Oh, it's quite good. Quite informative. Awesome. Uh, A lot of good stuff on the way. And here's our text line, 415-295-KFTC.
5: Armstrong
1: and Getty.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And... Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
0: armstrong and getty
1: show
4: i just saw one pundit who wrote uh the trump mugshot will launch 10 million memes within an hour boy there's no doubt to that one way or the other (laughs) that's a conservative estimate Yeah, exactly
3: yeah yeah boy we need to talk about ai art later based on uh experience of a good friend of the show. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I'd say if you're in an art school, uh, get in a plumbing school. But quick.
4: Well, do it for the love of art. Don't do it because you're going to make a living at it.
3: Graphic design
4: or something like that.
3: Yeah, yes, especially. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Continuing on with Orwell. I think the subtext to this one is answering the question, why you have to fight constantly for liberty and against oppression. It's a famous quote, and a brutal one. If you want a vision of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. Unless you fight that future.
4: Well, that's what uh she and Putin getting together, that's what they want for the yeah, future of the, plan. for the future of the world.
3: And they got a decent shot at pulling it off. Anybody who dares resist, yeah, will be stomped to death. Yeah. Lovely. Good morning. Ah, uh, here's your mailbag. Drop us a note, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Jack, we're going to start on uncomfortable ground here, but I know you can take it. Stack of emails pointing out that, no, March 21st is not always the first day of spring. You are bad I- druids. Uh, actually, I found this very, very interesting. Uh uh, A number of people wrote, but Kevin from Placerville, who researches everything to the nth degree and is a fascinating guy, writes, "Uh, The first day of spring is and always has been defined as the day on which the vernal equinox occurs. This is the moment when the Earth reaches the point in its orbit where neither the north nor south pole is pitched toward the sun, etc., etc. Anyway, the exact time of the equinox changes every year since a year is not exactly 365 days long. This year, the equinox occurred at 224 Pacific time on March 20th which is 924 Greenwich Mean Time, and thus the first day of spring was yesterday the 20th. Moreover, if you thought the first day of spring used to be uh, always on the 21st, but is now usually on the 20th, you'd be correct. This is because with the leap days added every fourth year, our calendar still does not exactly match the orbit of the Earth. The exact time of the equinox drifts over the centuries, here's the part that I thought was really cool. Based on uh, Greenwich Mean Time, over the first half of the 20th century, the first day of spring fell on the 21st all but 11 times. Yet over the second half of the 20th century, the first day of spring fell on the 21st just 21 times, and it fell on the 20th 29 times. And it gets worse for Jack, although it's not about Jack, the fir- the last time spring began on March 21st was 2007, and it won't happen again until 2102, after the skipped leap year in 2100. In the meantime, there will be many years where spring begins on March 19th, starting in the year 2044.
4: It's just like puberty, starting at age nine with girls
3: now. S- earlier and earlier. What does it mean? Is it hormones in the milk? Is there any way to design a calendar that does match up? I think we're probably, probably at,
4: not. I think we're probably at the best we can do.
3: I don't know. And honestly, I can live uh-huh. with it as it is. Yeah, I'll be okay. We have more urgent problems. The whole boot stomping on my face thing seems right. more urgent than right. you know, having a quad day once every seven and a half years or whatever. Uh, moving along. Uh, Scott, I love this. Guys, with the introduction of ChatGPT4, how long before someone gets chat fished? Oh. Scott, you get credit for that phrase.
4: Yeah, that's a good term, and that's going to happen a lot. Artificial intelligence scamming people, chatfished. Wow, which will be uh, infinitely better than your best scam artist because it'll be able to figure out your personality, right? And right. give you what
3: you need psychologically, which scam artists are always already pretty good at. Yeah, but, uh, guys, uh, the idea of Trump being arrested. I believe Trump will release his own mugshot if he's able. So let's just sit back, make some popcorn, and enjoy the show as they gnash their teeth, howl at the moon, deliver Trump back into the White House to clean up Joe Biden's American transfer- transformation. I'm hoping this will be a political wooden spike in the heart of the progressive left and their woke media hounds from hell. I, oh, wow, wow. He sees a circus coming. A big, nasty circus.
4: I have no idea how this is going to play out in arrest. Uh, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Look for it.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
5: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: I was actually wearing a mask in my own home last night. I've never done that before. Really? But uh, my uh, my 13-year-old is sick. I just don't want to catch it. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to try this. So far, in my experience, and every other parent's experience, if your kid gets sick, you get sick. There's pretty much no getting around it.
3: You're living in the same dang house. But, yeah. Uh, Thus far, Judy has not gotten sick. We have not traded the uh, the vid, except once we did, I guess. But and, and I'm pretty sure I had it. I've been working on uh, man. What uh, my favorite nickname for COVID is, by the way. Um. I mean, Chairman, she's bat fever. I've gone with for quite some time. Uh, Pangolin pox, I think, is okay. <laughs> and how do you like this one? Now you got to picture this one like uh, the kind of font you'd have on, uh, like an old timey chocolate syrup or something like that for your uh, for your ice cream, like uh, like it had that old time ice cream shop font. Mm-hmm. Doctor Fauci's old fashioned gain of function flu. <laughs> I mean, like it's a little long, but
4: Yeah, I like it. So how about the fact that the World Health Organization, probably working with the Chinese, introduced some new animal that nobody'd ever heard of in their lives? The right. raccoon dog and said Beaver, that, cat, that bear, must, mole, whatever that it was. Must be what it was. We just three years out have discovered it's the raccoon
3: dog or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, you remember when we swore it was a bat, and then we absolutely pledged that it was a pangolin? Turns out it's this uh, new beast. God dang it. Bunch of lying liars. No no kidding. Don't trust
4: China! Anyway, right before bed last night, I was thinking my son was feeling better. I said, you're going to school tomorrow. I said, you're going to school tomorrow. Laying the groundwork. Then he vomited. (laughs) That was a a good, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm not.
3: (laughs) Touche. My stomach says we're not going to school tomorrow. Yeah, you know, final note on this, uh, just as my whole fever, cough, fatigue thing starts to get a little better, it moved into my intestinal system yesterday. I'll spare you the details, Uh, but it it reminded me of how insidious this damn thing is. And I thought, all right, you know, I can live with that. Just don't move into my brain. All right, please. None of the neurological symptoms. I mean, number one, I use my brain every day. Number two, it doesn't work that great anyway. So. You know, I don't have a lot of fudge room. That's
4: going to end up on the Twitter account Joe Getty's quotes. I use my brain every day.
3: Well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, moving along to other fair. I thought this was stunning. Sent along by one of our beloved and uh, alert listeners. This is an editorial from the Wall Street Journal on their opinion page. Anyway, um, written by Matt Weininger, who's a, a terrific writer. Unemployment is low. Welfare is high. What gives? Welfare roles are supposed to grow in bad times and shrink when jobs and incomes recover, of course. Instead, they've recently continued to grow, even as unemployment plunged to historic lows. One major reason is that welfare programs didn't count as income more than $1 trillion in stimulus checks and other pandemic benefits. That allowed people who weren't poor and would, wouldn't normally qualify to end up on welfare. In July 2022, when California's unemployment rate reached a record low of 3.9%, its food stamp caseload reached a record high of 4.9 million. That is amazing.
4: What's The most amazing part being that nobody's talking about this.
3: And there are a number of aspects of this that you've pointed out through the years are completely undiscussed. We're going to feed every kid every day at school through the summer breakfast and lunch, and sometimes dinner. Wait, why? Why is the government in charge of feeding my child and I'm not all of a sudden? I mean, that is is there a more primary and primal building block of humankind than I feed my offspring?
4: I've also noticed that this extra year of school is starting on all these different schools. The whole... TK, pre-K, whatever the whole thing is, that there's no data to say is is good for you or necessary. They've just expanded the number of hours that the government has your kids or will take care of your kids and feed
3: them. Right. And in one notable study, it showed harm, not not good. Yeah. Dragging the kids into pre-K when they're so little. Anyway, moving along. So, oh, and getting back to my main point, it is obvious that there is this massive undertaking to get as many people dependent on the government as possible and I think some of it is insidious and and designed to get you dependent I think some of it is just the just the belief of the left that the more the government gives to people, the better it
4: is. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think that's the main driving force. The result is the other thing, certainly. But I think the, the, there's just a the belief that if there's one kid in the whole town that would be hungry, then it'd be better to feed everyone, have the government feed everyone to make sure that that would
3: never happen. Oof. Never mind the fact that you have... Ended one of the primal bonding mechanisms of human beings to their offspring and you have substituted a massive unresponsive idiotic bureaucracy for loving parents and then never mind We'll get to sexualizing your children trying to teach them to be transgender and the rest of it oh later on God dealing with that but right But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Anyway more of these statistics uh, Cali Unicornia is not alone. We we're just citing some stats from the Golden State The decreasingly golden state, the nationwide unemployment rate peaked at 14.7% in April of 2020, yipes, and had fallen to 3.7% by last October. During the same period, the number of food stamp recipients rose by 1.4 million and the number of Medicaid recipients by 18.5 million. Several well-known factors contributed. One is the Biden administration's significant food stamp expansions. Another is the administration's repeated extension of the pandemic emergency declaration, which suspended eligibility read determinations that might have removed an estimated 15 million Medicaid recipients. Luckily, Medicaid is so flush with cash, it doesn't matter. <laughs> The policy of ignoring unprecedented pandemic payments when determining eligibility for means-tested benefits has been little noted. At least $1.4 trillion in federal pandemic payments have been ignored for the purpose of means-testing benefits in recent years. And they get deeper into it and talk about the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which just expands, expands, expands food stamp programs no matter what, for reasons that are not exactly clear to me is it that so that farmers always have a huge and steady uh, market i mean it's like uh, we certainly have an ideology around here you know and ours are fairly similar as it turns out but fight I don't, for your, fight for your right to party that's my ideology that's that's, that's most of it this commandment number one uh but i want to know what's going on for instance I believe firmly in controlling the border, but I understand the fact that we need to import millions of young workers to prop up our Social Security and Medicare program. That doesn't mean I'm in favor of it. I just want to know what's happening, what's driving it. What is driving the never-ending expansion of welfare programs through the Department of Agriculture? What's the motivator there? Do you know?
4: Uh, I don't know. I've always thought that some of it might just be the Department of Agriculture has got it just seems so not scary that you can run it through that department without anybody anybody paying any
3: attention or, or caring. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Have the Department of Agriculture do it. Nobody will notice. I was at it all up in a household with two unemployed adults and two young children could have collected more than sixty seven thousand dollars in federal pandemic payments without a penny being counted in determining its eligibility for Medicaid. Sixty seven thousand dollars.
4: Well, this is a problem with running a welfare state. First of all, it gets very, very complicated and overlapping and everything like that. And then once you get enough people on it, who's going to raise their hand and complain about it?
3: Because practically everybody's getting something from it. And then back to my original point, who is going to vote against the people who are going to perpetuate it? Yeah. Once you're dependent, you can't be independent.
4: But man, when you have record unemployment and record dollars going out the door to people and the highest number of people going on food stamps, and everything at the same time, that is that should be hugely troubling. And employment
3: at record lows. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Well, oh, yeah, quick, quick caveat. Part of the reason unemployment is at record lows is so many people have given up looking for work. They're not counted.
4: Right. Yeah. We have seven and a half million men of working age who aren't working or looking for work, which is a record number.
3: I said given up looking for work. That's silly. I'm sorry. They have no interest and no need to look for work. (laughs) There we go. That's my final draft.
4: If they were awake and listening, they would say, why would I get a job? That sounds horrible. Dude, you just
3: explained how I got $67,000 in federal pandemic payments for fogging a mirror. Why am I going to bust my ass?
4: This lifestyle I got going is awesome. Uh, I was listening to... I was trying to remember what I... It was one of your uh, Sunday morning news shows where they just... I like when sometimes they just breeze through a phrase and just keep going, and there's nobody there to say, wait a second. Um, uh, And one of them saying... uh, um, talking about how many open jobs we have, and said it's uh, because of our strict immigration policies, so there aren't enough workers. But wait a second. Strict, st- your own channel has talked about the record number of people coming across the border illegally. I know legally we bring in more people than any other country in the world, and illegally we've got record numbers. What, what, where's, the, where's the strict part of this immigration policy?
3: That's extraordinary. I know ordinary that's astounding <laughs> I know evidently it. you can say anything yes apparently you can horses can fly the president is uh, actually an android just you won't be challenged say anything <laughs> President is an android. (laughs) And and not a good one either. They should have worked on his his chat GPT a little longer. His AI.
4: Got a whole bunch of New York Post headlines you should hear. Probably don't even need to know the story. Just the headlines
3: alone are good enough. But holy cow. Somebody who is too sexy to get on something (laughs) or or what?
4: There's always that. Somebody's breasts were too big to keep their job or something. Uh, No, it's not those kind of things. It's different stuff. Uh, But much on the way. Um, Ian Bremmer says the United States had the worst geopolitical week in decades last week. What? And, uh, yeah, I think he's right. Among other things on the way. Stay with us.
5: Armstrong and Getty.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other Armstrong and
4: Getty Show. Uh, maybe kick off hour two, we'll get into what's the latest on Trump being arrested and how that will probably go down and when and all that sort of stuff. So we could get to that hour two. I've got some like intellectual
3: stuff here and uh, some important stuff here. Also have this. I want to get into President Biden's veto of the anti ESG bill. Oh, yeah. Very important. I need that explained to me. It's being misreported everywhere.
4: Oh, yeah. My favorite pundits were uh, 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 upset about it, and I'm seeing it portrayed on the uh, corporate media as clearly the right thing to do. The first veto of the Biden presidency. Unbelievable. Like I said, I got some intellectual stuff I'd like to share and some important stuff, but also this. Fans poop an aisle near Hillary and Chelsea Clinton at Broadway show. Whoa, there's a lot to take in there. Slow down, Jack. Fan poops in aisle near Hillary and Chelsea Clinton at Broadway show. Fecal matter. I tend to think of Broadway shows as as kind of a classy thing to do. So a fan of what? Exactly.
1: (laughs) A a fan
3: of pooping in the aisle? A fan of Hillary and Chelsea? A fan of Broadway? It's not clear to me. Are we really not getting Johnny Depp out of this? I mean... No, I.
5: I was uh, going to hit the Clinton laugh right this second, but all right, here we go. Either well, one, is, but, but either one is good. Nothing. Fecal matter,
3: right, right.
4: So there's not much of that story. The, the 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 Letdown of the story is really it's a serial pooper that they've had problems with at the in at the Broadway shows. It's been doing it to lots of people. So it just happened to be near. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton there's no indi- there's no indication that it was because it was Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. This person has been pooping in the aisle at Broadway shows for
3: a while now and they haven't caught Well, honestly, that's enough for the story. I mean, the presence of the Clinton ladies is mildly interesting, but so there's a guy who comes in and craps in the aisle at a Broadway theater, do they not have his picture at the door? Can they can they Use facial recognition software or something? What can be done about this? I've been to
4: quite he a few. You can't
5: have that. I've been to quite it a few. It was so bizarre and so grotesque. Yes. I've
4: been to quite a few Broadway shows. The theaters aren't that big. And, uh, you know, I'm just picturing somebody in the aisle. I'd think somebody would notice. Anyway, there's that. The guy's got to be really quick. I, I mean... Also, this story from the New York Post. North Koreans secretly resent Kim Jong-un's daughter's plump cheeks. Report. Colon, Hmm. report. I didn't read Hmm. the report. uh, That could be a we're starving to death in your
3: daughter's chubby thing. Could be that. I didn't actually read the report. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's impossible to get straight news out of North Korea. Old Fathead just uh, told his armed forces, be on the ready to unleash a devastating nuclear attack. Okay. And then this headline, there's an Alabama football
4: player, and that's uh, like the best program in the entire country. If you want to be a football player, you've really, you know, got your ticket to uh, good things happening in your life, except if you're this guy. Alabama football player tried to flee cops on 141 miles per hour and had $7,000 and 226 pounds of pot in his car. Yeah, well, that wasn't. (laughs) was the best decision there. Wow. Moving on to important things, Ian Bremmer uh, said as Xi Jinping uh, enters the geopolitics chat with Putin this week, the United States has had one of the worst weeks geopolitically in many, many, many years, combining Russia and China so closely getting together and the fact that Iran and Saudi Arabia came together the way they did. Those are that is that is, a, that is a twofer. That's a rough twofer right there. Um, and we'll be watching that play out for years to come.
3: Yeah, a lot of business is being done without consulting the big dog to, to bottom line it in simple terms. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. A peace plan for a war being worked out in the United States is involved. When's that ever happen? Anything in the Middle East happening where the United States is not involved. When has that ever happened in the last three quarters of a century?
3: And it might be tempting to say, good, it's a hellhole anyway. Let them have it. But uh, managing the hellhole is probably a good idea to keep it less hellish.
4: There's the intellectual part that I thought was good. And just because I hear this term a lot, I've heard the term several times in the last couple of days around a couple of different topics. The whole crossing the Rubicon as a, an example of something, and uh, I uh, I don't know if you all know what that means. I think everybody knows what it means. Maybe, uh, I don't know if you know where it comes from. But it's the idea of uh, going past a line where there's no going back. And we all do that with all the different kinds of things in life.
3: It's the point of no return. To quote Kansas <laughs> in the 1970s. <laughs> 70s, yeah.
4: Is it the final countdown? Would it also be that? No, it's not. No, that
3: no, no, no. Very different.
4: My son was humming that the other day. My 11-year-old son. The final countdown. And I thought, wow, oh, no, I hated that song. No. The first time I heard it and here it is 40 years later. My own child is humming it. How awful. Anyway, I'm reading the book Rubicon right now because this is a fantastic book about history and everything like that. And it's about the end of the Roman Republic. The Rubicon being a tiny river somewhere in northern Italy. Nobody knows exactly where it was. But the idea was when Caesar, having gone out and conquered much of Europe... Decided to come back. You know what? I'm going to take over my own country. I'm going to go. I'm going to march my army back into uh, Italy, into Rome, the Roman Republic, and I'm going to boot these people out. And uh, he knew once he set foot across the river, he was officially a uh, civil war had begun. He crossed the Rubicon. There's no going back at that point. So that phrase is used for all kinds of different business ventures, life decisions ever since crossing mm-hmm. the Rubicon. Anyway, here's the quotes in this book that I thought were kind of interesting. This quote from Caesar. Human nature is universally imbued with a desire for liberty and a hatred for servitude, which is kind of interesting out of a guy who went around feeling like he was liberating people in Europe, uh, what was uh, what is now Europe, but then went down and ended the idea of self-governing and took over as a dictator. But anywho, uh, a historian at the time named Sallust, who I was completely unaware of, wrote the definitive history of the end of the republic. Unfortunately, it disappeared, and nobody ah. knows where it is, and there are only a couple of pages. And if it ever could be found, it would be the description of how it all came apart in the final decades of the republic. But his quote is, only a few prefer liberty. The majority seek nothing more than fair masters. That was true 2,000 years ago, and it is true now. Thomas Jefferson
3: and, uh, and Madison said similar things. That is, that is true and troubling. As I've said, the reason our our country, our constitution is the way it is, is not because the majority wants it. It's to protect against the majority, taking everybody's liberty away.
4: If you ever miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on the man.
5: Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents
2: at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dallas Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls,